I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is David X. Cohen, ex-executive producer of Futurama, and you are listening to The Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. I'm your host, Cap, and with me is... John. Jess. Luke. And this is a SciTech episode. Science. 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 Today, we're going to talk about one of our favorite SciTech topics at Nerdy Show, Outside of space. Outside of, <laughs> outside of space itself. <laughs> We're going to talk about augmented reality. And not to sound like a broken record, but I mean, there's so much new stuff to talk about with augmented reality. All the way back to our earliest episodes in 2009, we were saying, watch out for this shit. They're going to superimpose the digital world over the physical plane, and it's all going to get messed up, and it's going to be like a hot mess of an anime, but in real life. To my knowledge, John thinks about nothing else except augmented reality and robots. It's really true. Highly accurate statement there. Well, except space, which is the favorite. Uh, so. Correction, I will, I will add space to the list. Where's my pen? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen a lot of virtual reality at uh, this past year's E3. We've seen augmented reality really only through weird phone games and uh, the 3DS as far as stuff in the consumer marketplace. But it's there. It's something that many high-profile companies are insistent on being the next big thing that's happening. So the question is, when? And right now, it's just at the, ooh, that's neat level. That's about all I get out of the AR stuff and the 3DS. The real beauty of augmented reality is, is that if everyone actually had it on, we wouldn't need TVs ever again. Because you could have any size television anywhere you wanted. You can do anything with it. Anything. And all of this ultimately is just a prelude to the inevitable physical augmentation of the human body and having Eventually. creepy robot eyes. Brain in a robot body, let's go. We are teetering on the threshold of the time is now, and that's all because of a recent video that Microsoft released. Because if Microsoft is getting into AR, then it's probably about time when the rest of us do. <laughs> yeah, they have people who can call that kind of thing. Imagine digging through your coffee table into Minecraft mines, getting all that ore out of the crevices in your coffee table. Instead of playing the game? Instead of playing the game. (laughs) Imagine dynamiting your walls and opening up an entire other world. Whoa. Fucking meta. (laughs) But also, imagine fixing pipes without having to have a plumber come into your house. You can just have a plumber in your peripheral vision. (laughs) That's actually kind of cooler. 
I never thought about that, that you could be looking at your car and then you have instructions going, here's where your spark plug is. Here's a little animation of what you need to do to change your own spark plug. The Marine Corps actually uh, tested that kind of a setup all the way back before 2009. And they actually found that it was very, very, very effective. They had guys like just repairing the Humvees way, way, way faster. I think that Microsoft just rolled out a stealth mode and just like nuked the playing field just the sheer like balls in you have sony and uh they haven't released anything about their hardware they've only released sort of a, a basic software developer side of thing and they have it's something ridiculously small like 100 by 400 pixels right sony was like we have a google glass equivalent with if their screen is that small and microsoft is like we're living 10 years in the future deal with suckers it. so microsoft's hollow lens announcement showed a headset that superimposed digital stuff over reality but they didn't say augmented reality they only said holograms. Are these more bullshit holograms that aren't actually holograms? Because I've been watching DS9 and I know what holograms are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. I mean, since holograms are actual, you know, things in physics, like encoding 3D data into a 2D surface. And that the entire universe itself may be a hologram. That's really, really complicated and outside of the scope of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is an accurate statement. So... No, they aren't holograms. It is actually augmented reality. I swear to fuck, they must have a PR-like blackout on using the phrase augmented reality because I've only managed to see two articles that actually even vaguely drop it at all. I wonder if there's like a copyright or trademark issue because, I mean, it is Microsoft and they're like super sensitive about that kind of thing. Yeah, you really wonder, right? Like, <laughs> what are they doing? My guess is, is that they've just tried to brand the entire universe. They're like, we made this thing out of the ether. We pulled it fully formed from our brow. Oh, no, 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 uh, no, yeah. I got it. So they want to call it HoloLens, and they have no idea how that actually works unless they call it holograms. The engineers were like, oh, HoloLens, that sounds so cool, guys. And now they need to do all the other branding around that to make it make sense. Uh, I mean, admittedly, I think if you were trying to explain to normal, everyday bystanders who have no clue what the hell's going on, why would I want this technology? Oh, it's like holograms, brah. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, holograms. I understand. That's that thing. Holograms? I know what those are. Exactly. I think that one of the major things with AR, of course, which in the end Microsoft managed to answer probably enough is like, oh, what's the killer app? What's the everyman going to want? And the everyman's going to want everything, you know? I do want everything. But I mean, that's that's sort of then going to be the classic case of like just over promising. Right. I mean, how can we really give people all the things right now? <laughs> right. Small increments. I heard that Peter Molyneux, the creator of Fable, who notorious <laughs> man, man, most notorious <laughs> in electronics of promising all the things <laughs> actually said, you know, he's worked with Microsoft and he's separated from them now. But like but he said. I'm really concerned about Microsoft. You need to be careful not to promise all the things. Ouch. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that fucking guy. <laughs> the, the reality of it, though, winds up being in this case is the things that he promised with Fable, right? He overpromised for an individual product. They haven't really necessarily promised that the HoloLens will answer all these questions right up front. I figure it's one of those things, you know, it's the first one. It's going to be like awesome. And then you're going to get the second one. And you're going to be like, uh, man, that thing was so shitty. It had this narrow tunnel view and whatever. You know, look at this new thing. So shiny. So much better. Oh, they're going to pull a 3DS XL on me. <laughs> <laughs> or the new 3DS. Or any next generation phones or even the uh, Oculus Dev 1 versus the Dev 2 versus the new, 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 new one. 
even when you have iterations of things, I mean, how do you make that first thing so awesome to get people to buy into it? I mean, because it seems right now AR and the HoloLens is just too much novelty and not enough utility. Like, what would I really use it for in my day-to-day life that would make me want to wear this huge goggle thing on my face? I think with your first wave, you're always going for those early adopters, and you just have to have things that have potential to be extra neat. And then people will grab it regardless, because it looks like the future. God knows they've sold to people on less. <laughs> We're looking at multiple forces from various industries testing consumers' interest in buying gigantic headgear. The dream of the 90s realized in relatively the same amount of space and size that, that they did. Uh, I mean, like, like a two decade delay. Yeah, right? we're, we're looking at very functional virtual reality helmets that are still fucking helmets. It's like wearing a virtual boy on your face, essentially. But I think that's the inherent difference between AR and VR, right? Like, I'm totally willing to put something goofy on my head to Alone. step into a totally different world. But if it's putting something goopy on my head to slightly enhance what I'm currently looking at, like I'd much rather do something like Google Glass where it's much less assuming. You can have a big bulky thing if you're going to wear it on the couch, but for walking around in public, Google Glass hasn't nailed much closer. Yeah, Google's being smart because they're selling people on the idea of this chic little wearable that's practically not noticeable. And everybody else is like, look at this fucking thing. Well, that it doesn't obstruct your field of view either, right? So, I mean, if you're wearing a headset and you can only see like 60 degrees and like there's a car coming at you outside of your field of view, <laughs> you're totally fucked. Uh, plague of pedestrians crushed. <laughs> hey, man, okay. that's not funny. That is actually pretty much what wound up happening in Denicoil, except for the fact that the cars were all smart cars and it was hacked and they actually jacked the glasses system to make her think. Anyway, the point is, it's more complicated Ooh. than that, but it did involve wearing augmented reality glasses and cars. It's still kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we aren't at portable outside augmented reality glasses. These things are big. I imagine that the battery life would be highly subject. And I think that the people who are going to benefit from this stuff is going to be the 3D developer kind of people, people that might like to be able to actually get up and walk around something like to scale architectural stuff. Obviously, people who are performing maintenance on facilities is actually another augmented reality product entirely. It's basically a hard hat with an AR setup in it. They actually use like a watch that acts as a glyph to map a menu system onto their arm. Very, very reminiscent of the Omni tool from Mass Effect. Cool. That's cool. And so, and that's a real thing applied in workspaces it's today? It's a real thing that the business is trying to sell to people who, you know, <laughs> may or may not be real. That's always the magic of companies, right? They promise you stuff. Who knows if it's actually real, real. But, you know, I mean, obviously with the Microsoft lens, it'd be very possible to just add a hard hat on top and have the guys walk out. The real thing there is, is that you're able to attach to blueprints, which is like already known stuff, and then a bazillion sensors and actually see all that data in real time around you in the middle of what could otherwise be a very, very confusing facility. That kind of stuff right there is where you're going to see this actually come out into the real world. And so we're going to see like companies really, really, really needing this stuff because it is better. It is more efficient. It'll take a bit longer before the glasses get small enough to really be truly utilitarian for everyone else. So, for example, you could, I'm just trying to make up a real world example. You could have, say, a maintenance worker in a building is walking down a hallway and he has his visor down and he can see little bits of data all around him, like how long it's been since this particular light bulb has been changed or the last time that somebody registered that they vacuumed a hallway. Technically, yeah. And if you were actually talking about a chemical plant, you could probably also see the temperatures at specific points. 
pressure readouts and all kinds of stuff even simulations of the entire facility overlaid over the real one my god can you imagine somebody with ocd having maintenance stats at all times jesus christ Uh, (laughs) lamp lady (laughs) i would probably equate it from a video game perspective to like splinter cell where you have like all of that extra information going on because you can toggle the world and see the world differently each time so you can imagine that in a way obviously it's not quite from sensors on your head in the way that it was in splinter cell but it'd be very much so that kind of I can see the world differently by just sort of pressing a button practically. This very, very visceral experience. So with augmented reality, there's a lot of potential applications. There, Obviously, there's a lot of practical ones we've already discussed. At this point, now that we have a better understanding of how the technology may deploy, what kind of things are we going to expect to see? How are we going to see augmented reality helmets that are also virtual reality helmets? I tested out some really cool Oculus stuff. Will the Oculus ever get a camera on it so it can be an augmented reality device? Where's the pornography in all of this? I know there's some Oculus (laughs) porn out there, but, uh, you know, how practical is it? Isn't porn generally the the industry that really revolutionizes? Weren't they the first to do 3D filming? Yeah. And DVD and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And they decided the outcome in the VHS and beta war. Porn is sort of like uh, pushing the edge of simulation, right? Exactly. They want full simulation. That's their goal. Then they don't have to pay... For terribly depressed people. Recently, there was a, actually a, much along the same vine is the, the meme of um, reaction videos. People watching 3D Oculus porn for the first time. So like, I don't want that filmed. <laughs> I don't know. That's the best part. Like, you know, so they strap the Oculus on the head and they're filming like the people and then sort of, you know, got like a, a show of like what they're seeing. And like crazy hot chick walks in, starts like S and the D, right? And all the guys are like, yeah, yeah. One of them starts like moving their hand like he's grabbing her head and it starts getting really, really weird. They're like at work when they're filming this. It's really, really weird. This sounds Whoa. uncomfortable. Yeah, no, no, no. Here's yeah. the uncomfortable part. Like, uh, well, here's the uncomfortable <laughs> part. Wait, wait, wait. You no. weren't <laughs> we weren't at the uncomfortable part? Oh, because oh no, absolutely not. I would say being at work, pretending to put your hand on a chick's head uh, as she sucked your dick. I was no, no. expecting to just Much have better. people slowly turn pink. Some <laughs> like a shrimp some of the people that they actually had the reactions for were also ladies and so that was also interesting because they were now in the position of the man so halfway through all of a sudden they pulled you know the ultimate trick right and switched to the woman's perspective s and the d so now oh. the men are all having the incredibly uncomfortable perspective shift and it's right in front of their face <laughs> and they don't know how to handle it <laughs> Oh, just the Black Forest. <laughs> oh, please tell me we're linking to that on this episode's page. So you've seen this. Can I, we, I saw parts of it, yeah. Can we link to this? Yes. yes okay. Very NSFW link, I think? Probably, yeah. <laughs> 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 Incidentally, though, um, the guys were like, oh, no, this is fucking crazy. This is ridiculous. And uh, <laughs> I ain't gay, though. I ain't gay. <laughs> yeah, no homo. Then, then one of the girls was like, "Oh man, this is awesome! 3D porn forever." Uh, a bunch of bisexual dudes who were like, "Where's the switch button? I just need to go back and forth." <laughs> Oculus really gets some pretty incredible reactions out of people. That'd be pretty funny if it was literally a switch and you just keep toggling back and forth <laughs> in perspective. So we got crazy VR stuff. Augmented reality could easily go full virtual. That's not really a technological problem. If it's already got all the, the stuff, then there's no real reason why it wouldn't be able to. Even if you had to lower down like a blackout lens over the top, right? Put the shades down. Go VR dive. <laughs> We're looking uh-huh. at basically those two separate technologies eventually blending together, coming down into a consumer level, 
and enabling for an entire new paradigm shift in computing and life on the same level as going from like the command line to a mouse and keyboard and a screen, you know, with actual graphics. Well, yeah, you know, like like 10 years ago, you didn't have anything resembling a, a smartphone. And now it's a cultural dependence for all people in Western culture. Not even including the fact that it's also several psychological disorders at this point. <laughs> right, right. So Ooh, Plus I'm, texting thumb? Ew. It's really fascinating. I mean, like, we've, we've talked about this many times before. We're living in our cyberpunk future presently. And, especially uh, now. And especially with the ridiculousness of <laughs> Right. It's all a matter of uh, which bad habits of cyberpunk futures is going to manifest first. Drugs everywhere. Come on. You want them designer drugs? Yes, uh, and also the thing from Transmetropolitan where I have a replicator that is on drugs. <laughs> that was definitely one of the more interesting parts. There are designer drugs. They call them nootropics. Yeah, but not for machines. I mean... <laughs> okay, let's switch the conversation briefly. Nootropics? Please explain. Possibly nootropics. This is just something I've picked up off of, you know, random internet browsing. Uh-huh. Uh, they're basically designer drugs, essentially. They're called, like, brain-enhancing chemicals. But really, they are experimental substances that aren't regulated as of yet or in any way. So you can just order them from special experimental labs who will send them to you. Wow, that is just like the cyberpunk future. (laughs) And I assume most college students are probably using them heavily. Probably. It also seems to be a thing for uh, middle-aged wealthy people with too much time on their hands. Very expensive. Can't they just do drugs like normal people? When you mentioned the blackout shades coming down, I immediately pictured just subways full of people with sunglasses staring off into space. God, that would be the best. That'd be so cool. The other interesting part about augmented reality isn't the glasses by themselves. It ultimately winds up being that as more and more people are wearing these things and they aren't the head helmets of the present now or the soon future now, but instead of actually gotten down to more of a, a glasses profile, it could actually replace the screens for numerous physical everyday objects, actually then bringing those objects' prices down. I am obviously talking about the Internet of Things, which is the other huge sort of elephant in the room these days. It's just coming everywhere. The Internet Everyone's is already involved. an Internet of Things. There are things on the Internet. Your argument is invalid. What does that mean? The Internet of Things is the physical world. It's the smart home coming into your actual house, your dumb, stupid house. In an ad hoc network. (laughs) Dumb, stupid, no good, brick and mortar domicile, fucking shit eating, bullshit house. Barely finished high school, never even went to community college. Hey, you were promised a home of the future, right? We all were. Yeah, sassy made robots. Exactly. They got uh, wide hips. We were promised only having to work three days a week and sassy made robots and television (laughs) screens the size of a small planet. (laughs) But we've already eliminated that need, so now we just need to have your refrigerator talk to you. Yes. Back up to the Internet of Things part. (laughs) Isn't the Internet of Things basically having every appliance and everything in your house wired up to a network that theoretically connects to the rest of the Internet? Some of these things are more useful to have connected than others. because Yeah, I don't have to turn on my toaster. Exactly. The Internet-connected toaster really seems like... Talkie's the name and toastin's the game. That is, in fact, (laughs) the only reason why I'd want to have an IoT toaster is if it was a Red Dwarf officially licensed product. And it literally was talking to me through my AR glasses. Or if I can make it dance, like in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Yeah, all these things are great ideas. But, you know, we're talking about, like, your thermostat, the crazies with, like, 800 HD webcams around their house hidden away. 
monitoring everything. Are we going to have to demolish homes to have smart homes? See, that's the whole thing. Five minutes ago, you would have. But today, you know, nope, not so much. You don't have to run freaking like coax through your walls and everywhere. Instead, it all piggybacks on your Wi-Fi. Oh, so you just have to attach a little device to the appliance itself, theoretically. Preferably when you got it, it was already, you know, there. Well, that would insides, be better. But... Yeah. I got to figure out something for my dad to do with this Raspberry Pi, okay? You got him a Raspberry Pi? He got it for himself. Wow. Which is, which is a circuit board and not a delicious treat, unfortunately. It is, however, also a delicious treat. You could theoretically use it to make delicious treats if you could get a robot that makes you pies. <laughs> well, right. And if you and, can, please send me those plans. And you would have to type in sudo make me a pie. Or Harry. That's, That's a nothing pretty important. long sudo command. It is, but nonetheless important. Is anybody else <laughs> thinking Neptir? <laughs> time? I want Bemo. Can I have Bemo instead? <laughs> But you were just talking about the pies. Yeah, you want pies, you want Neptor. Nope. I want personality and not Andy Milanakis. <laughs> Master, I won the hiding contest one year, three months. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. No, no, I prefer no football like this. <laughs> like this? So we're going to cut to a track right now. This is something from Cuckoo Kangaroo off their 2014 album, Whoop De Whoop. But it just got a music video, which we'll link to on this episode's page. And uh, they perform it with a actually very well-known rapper, P.O.S., of Doomtree and Gangs, which is with a G-A-Y. They're a cool, weird project. I'm not particularly sure how to explain just this moment. But anyway, they got together and they did this song called Shake It Well about just good orange juice practice, the sort of things that you would hope that, say, a kitchen robot would know to do for you. So we'll play the track. We'll link to where you can check out the video. And then also... Cuckoo Kangaroo have a Kickstarter going on right now. It's in its last days, and it's so you can pre-order their new record. It's an EP called Gross that's all about bodily functions. So we'll also link to where you can pick that up. This is Shake It Well by Cuckoo Kangaroo and P.O.S. Pass for show, chug it from the carton like it's just me home alone. I'm in the vitamin C zone, drinking up a two. Someone help, I'ma need a clone. No pope, low pope, some pope, blah. Pour some OJ out the fridge, voila. Dump it in a glass, no, I don't need a straw. Drink it so fast as you watch in awe. You were just like OJ, everyone says okay. Read the label, read the label, read the label, what's to say? Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well. Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well. We're gonna shake it, I shake it well. Shake it, I shake it well. Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well. Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well. Gonna shake it, I shake it well. Shake it, I shake it well. I just love orange so much, get merry Freshly squeezed, call me the Pope Fairy And I'm juiced up like bonds, berry Squeeze it yourself or buy it in a bottle Either way you go, you gotta drink it full throttle Juice overload and it's making me wobble OJ poster boy, look ma, I'm a model You were just like OJ, everyone says okay Read the label, read the label, read the label, what's to say? Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well. We're gonna shake it, I shake it well. 
Gotta chew it up, Grove stand, nah man, keep the freshest in my cup, never frozen, straight hands closing, known all over the land as the one true chosen, juice in my cup, in my belly till I'm belly up, sweet tooth, grape, jelly toast, and a sunny up, but if it ain't orange, it ain't a complete breakfast. If you don't know it, you probably missed the premise, so I shake it well, abracadabra to refill, gone in the flash, what's up with my refill, again in the Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Game more, got orange coming out of my pores forever killing and sipping citrus. Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well. Shake it, shake it well, shake it, shake it, shake it well. We're gonna shake it, I shake it well. Segwaying from the raspberry pie, that was actually how I first got introduced to Internet of Things. It was actually through the hobby world back when I used to work at Parallax and people, you know, modifying their own houses and setting up their Raspberry Pis to control lighting or other aspects. With that always in mind, I thought that Internet of Things made sense as a name because it was kind of like casual. Hey guys, Internet of Things. But I've just been doing some Googling, figuring out where that actually came from because it's totally not professional. Um, <laughs> Internet of stuff and junk. Yeah, you know, it's cool, guys. Apparently, it was coined by Kevin Ashton, the executive director of the Auto ID Center. The phrase Internet of Things started out as the title of a presentation that he made at Procter and Gamble in 1999. Oh, so he was yeah. linking the idea of RFID in PG&E's supply chain to the then red hot topic of the Internet. And I guess just decided to throw in Internet of Things and it caught on and became so the official bullshit. title. Lovely. I thought it would be cool to talk about, like, hey, makers made this Internet of Things thing, and now the, all of these professional companies are at CES being like, we're getting into the Internet of Things, and it just sounds so ridiculous. But he doesn't have a connection on how he made it popular, but he just, I guess, claims that he was the first. Well, he's got an Al Gore it then. Yep. 
like what you're saying, Jess, though, like I actually was getting into the Internet of Things because of sort of the maker movement and along that same line. I uh, had this crazy idea to actually be able to change the color of the lights in my house. This is back before that was like a normal thing, right? And so I was going to like make it sort of like the Umbrella Mansion from Resident Evil. There's going to be like a crazy control module. And, you know, if you like lost a chess piece or whatever, like you wouldn't even be able to operate it. And then you'd have to go on a horrible quest to find it. And there'd be horrible things we're going to tear off your head. I, anyway, I have this unicorn shaped key. Yeah. <laughs> here, this unicorn shaped key. Yeah, this looks like a rose. I hope, I hope it's this not isn't Chris's, Chris's blood. blood. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it was also going to have like internet connectivity and all these things and, you know, parse web pages to get data. And it was going to do all these really, 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 really cool things. And then I procrastinated for like a couple of years. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's deep procrastination there. When you don't know how to Resident Evil a house, you have to learn how to Resident Evil a house. <laughs> and that takes time and probably loads of cash. Then like the hue came out, which is the light bulbs that you can just dial in a color and then it changes. And they actually had light strips. And so it basically went from, oh, I have to do all this shit and I have to code all this crap by myself and do all this incredible labor. And instead it was like, oh, okay, I can just buy this light strip, put it up there and then connect it to the internet. And now I can just use IFTTT and immediately have it like look at the weather and change color to match the weather and allow me to control it from anywhere. And in other words, like, literally 90% of the shit that I was going to basically be implementing outside of like the novel, let's say physical control, weird resident evil thing. 90% of it was easily just bought and installed within seconds instead of spending months trying to like code and then debug this monstrosity. And so we're very, very rapidly moving from makers only to weekend warrior kind of things. Just being able to like rapidly put together this insane, vaguely intelligent monstrosity in their home. And then make it tweet. I think my biggest problem with the Internet of Things is what exactly is going to stop people from coming into my house virtually and turning off my refrigerator? Literally nothing, probably. Nah, well, what, yeah. What's stopping them now? They can just unplug your refrigerator. Well, they have to get through like locks and things. I'm awake most of the time. I'll be like, hey, please don't do that. They have to move it. <laughs> I think the uh, head of the FCC actually said that this year will be the year that we first see a smart home hack in the wild. They called it or did they schedule it? They called it. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the whole schedule that really isn't that funny considering the fact that, uh, you know, it is, of course, highly rumored that the U.S. was responsible for the Stuxnet virus, but, you know, whatever, which actually destroyed real world centrifuges that were trying to make the uranium. So that seems like yeah. a terrible idea. That sounds like a whole Just conversation, boy. Uranium all over the floor. That's all I got. Um, well, the crap about it is, is that as a result, all the bad guys now have access to the code that was Stuxnet, and they oh, now yeah. can reverse engineer that. And so it's kind of like we just traded the entire world a computer virus of unparalleled sophistication for a handful of uranium. And now we want to connect to... everyone to that. Yeah. Wow. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's funny how that all works. I guess nuclear war is worse than computer war but yeah I... says you your refrigerator's running exactly <laughs> and my ac isn't set to like you know boil oh man i didn't think about that aspect if they can get into your thermostat they crank it down to like 50 something in the middle of winter or just switch it over to air conditioning and now all of a sudden people are getting the flu my major problem with the whole internet of things winds up being is is the sort of arrogance of the companies 
doing it. Namely, that it's all the cloud bullshit. You don't really need it for a lot of the stuff. I'm a major supporter of having like the computer in your house that's actually sort of running everything and, you know, working as the go between. Instead, it's like, oh, we have to funnel everything up to the cloud and then back down again, which really is like, well, there's no point in that. Why? Oh, well, you know, you have access to all my personal data now and it's not mine anymore. That was kind of the thought that I had was why, why connect it to the Internet at all? Why not just network it all into a closed network within the home itself that you can access from outside, but isn't necessarily connected to the internet all the time. Well, I would say because it's not easy for the average consumer at that point. Yeah. It could be made easy. I think not that long ago, people were saying that about Wi-Fi. I think there's also kind of a bit of a fad, of course, around the cloud, just in general. The other thing winds up being because of the ad hoc nature, where you're buying an individual piece and it needs to be able to function by itself without, you know, anything else. And so this would be, well, you have to have like this home server that, you know, runs this stuff. But like that should still be a possibility. The whole cloud addiction needs to stop. It makes sense in certain circumstances, but it is not the end all for all of computing. You know, I recommend everyone get the browser extension that changes cloud to butt and it will change your entire view of the cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Just upload it to the butt. Yep. This, This whole butt addiction. (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i feel like all that's going to change with the advent of the ai personal assistant who will unify everyone's lives and uh you know also exist in the cloud become their surrogate well we'll see where it exists but whatever the unification of properties is as simple as having a program smart enough to be able to organize that for you if you have jarvis or glados if you always want to be a little bit uneasy um, Cortana. I, I want Brent Spiner to voice mine. <laughs> or Jibo. Jibo's just so damn cute. What's Jibo? Uh, it was a Kickstarter. I mean, it could totally suck, so I, I don't know the details, but it was, uh, or no, I think it was an Indiegogo. In any case, some crowdfunding thing. But it was the world's first personal robotic assistant. So it's this cute little robot face where it can sit on your counter and be like, Jibo, take a picture of us. And he'll rotate and take a picture, or like look up recipes or do all kinds of stuff. Huh. Or to connect it back to the, uh, the Google Glass, that's a way to make it easy for people to do at home is you just have instructions they can look at on their glasses. Open the box, stupid. Now plug it in. Admittedly, there was another crowdfunding project that was called Ubi, which was basically supposed to act as kind of like a voice terminal for the home God, what's wrong uh, with branding now it is Ubi, the Ubi comp. Jibo. <laughs> we're out of words engineers make Maybe. terrible fucking names it's it's a universal truth they all sound like fucking teletubbies <laughs> <laughs> popo and lala if you think the engineers are bad you just wait till the marketing department comes <laughs> it seems like there's so much potential for lots of cool things but it's kind of hard to visualize what specifically that there's not already something that can do that it really does come down to why the ai connected toaster the smart refrigerator like you can always kind of vaguely see that but like we're nowhere near having that actually be practical or useful yeah or you have you have a sensor in there that can tell you that somebody left the door open a little bit now the temperature's rising but uh there's no one at home i'm still an hour away what am i going to do with this information on the other hand if you had an actuator on the door you could just you know close itself yeah or your uh sassy robot made to come up and be like god damn it cleveland doors open again you're right luke that's really what we need the the next priority let it be known sassy robot made with them hips (laughs) like bum bum Internet-enabled fridges were all the rage of CES this year. Oh, really? What did they do? What was the point of it all? It's stupid shit, right? Like, 
you can stream your television to your refrigerator screen or, you know, make notes of mm-hmm. groceries, mm-hmm. which will sync to your smartphone. And it's just totally unnecessary, not could, helpful. Crap. So, so definitely the, the fluff there, especially with a uh, hollow lens, which would technically <laughs> enable all of those things just associated with your refrigerator, which have like the exact same value as mounting an LCD onto it. Yep. Although my favorite line was the refrigerator represents the central hub of the kitchen. And with this (laughs) latest Wi-Fi fridge, the company aims to help bring families together. (laughs) Around the refrigerator. We realized that phone companies who get to release new phones that you have to buy every single year had it right. So refrigerators that last for like 15 years, we are just simply not making anymore. We're going to make you need to upgrade like every five minutes. Nah, nah, nah. It's 2015, motherfucker. We need to look at the household of the McFlies. We got to get that table. We got to get the, the, the voice rehydrating. Com- we, we need those pizzas. Right, we, we got- I want to eat them non-rehydrated. They look <laughs> that's, delicious. That's disgusting. You're a fucking animal. I want- I'm, I'm imagining them popping up like, a, like an inflatable raft in your stomach. Now, I, I want those weird hydroponic elevators above the kitchen table, which is the real hub of the kitchen. Where, where you got fruit, fruit, please. And the fruit just, you know, comes out. Where the fuck did that shit come? Why, why do they have fruit growing there? It's cool, though. <laughs> it, I yeah, want it. You know what? I am actually, that, that's a really doable thing. Like, you just have a bunch of, like, reflective mirrors and grow lights up there. And, voice, and voice command. Fruit, yeah, yeah. Fruit, uh, fruit please. The DEA has some questions for you. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I guess my point is, is honest to God, I can't think of any reason why that wouldn't actually work. Even still, I mean, if it actually sealed around the edges, it's possible that it could increase the um, atmosphere to increase the grow rate, as well as uh, keep bugs out. Are you, you heard it here. The you validity know. of the, the fruit elevator in the Back to the Future 2 <laughs> kitchen has been <laughs> shattered. It's the real deal. <laughs> the question is, do we need it? Do we need fruit elevators? John, do you know how popular right now the Back to the Future shit is? Like, if you made that, I, our I ratings will, in would fact, just be purchasing soar. working Marty McFly uh, self-lacing shoes later this year. You got a slush fund for that? How are you going to afford that? I will uh, sell stocks and bonds if need be <laughs> to afford self-lacing shoes, even though right now I have zippers on my combat boots. So if you could get self-velcroing shoes, I'd buy that. <laughs> that's, so, oh, that's, <laughs> that's so difficult. <laughs> We've been talking about some of the most mundane and overpowered technology on this episode. We hope you enjoy it. <laughs> if you have any breaking news about the augmented reality revolution, the Internet of Things, and, uh, and all the technology associated with, uh, well, with this episode, please do let us know. Fax machines everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. We need lots of fax <laughs> machines up in here. <laughs> in the closet. Fax is the future. It's like, you know how the Proto Men released their most recent record on cassette and lp we should really start faxing people podcasts if you have a fax number we don't have a fax machine but maybe you should tweet your fax number to us and we'll send you a lovely fax i have a mojo does that work what the fuck is the 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 guy who runs the mojo verse with (laughs) long shot and spiral that was it was like the precursor to the fax machine they they talked about it in uh, almost famous it's been a while i don't it only takes 14 minutes a page Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this SciTech episode of Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is, of course, listener-supported, and uh, there's lots of ways you can do that. For example, you can shop on Amazon, and if you do it through our links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, you will give back to Nerdy Show. In fact, if you, if you want to upgrade your house to be a smart house, I'm sure there's a couple things you could buy to, to get a jump start on that project. 
I don't know if they have uh, the uh, the wacky fridges from CES on there yet, but uh, but they got something. I feel like with a, you could make a primitive version with with the smartest fridge available, a Roomba, and like a couple of Raspberry Pi projects. <laughs> Probably that, or you know, Q light bulbs, or a Nest thermostat, or you know, any of those other things. But sure, Raspberry yeah, well, Pi is a Roomba and a, a refrigerator. <laughs> we'll link to those on the on this episode's page if uh, you want to get a start on the smart home revolution. Roombas as cat chariots <laughs> <laughs> well in a way they already are so yeah it just requires a little bit yes, of decoration they, they do that is the whole point though as soon as you decorate it all of a sudden it's no longer a Roomba oh what it's did they chariot. call the Roomba with a fork taped to the top dangerous as hell yes it was like the death Roomba or something. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't remember now an American gladiator like challenge <laughs> <laughs> but outside of Amazon another way you can support nerdy show is to back us on Patreon all you got to do is go to nerdyshow.com slash Patreon, and it's basically a uh, subscription service. If you like what you hear, if you like Nerdy Show or all the other shows on the Nerdy Show network, you can subscribe to us at a variety of different tiers and get all kinds of cool perks, but any amount gets you a ludicrous number of outtakes and special episodes and, and all kinds of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, and that helps us uh, fund the network, grow, do bigger, better things. Fruit in our roofs? Agree, grow fruit in our roofs. <laughs> we and need to start a, a company right now do that right now we should give some shout outs to some awesome people who have supported the network in january sage zero joined our patreon he said someone called a subscription i call it you guys rock and i love you and we love you sage zero thank you so much for all the years of support and your continued support on patreon we're proud to have you at our side we're also proud to have the new ranks from february of uh, john mayo jack moore and Lawrence Hondrick. We also have a one-time donation with a shout-out attached to it. If subscription isn't your thing and you like to give lump sums, you can still go to nerdyshow.com support to do it. And the dynamic siblings of Caitlin and Ethan Kruger have once again worked their artistry of supporting Nerdy Show and simultaneously contributed, saying, Wonder Team Donate Powers Activate. And of course, there's our devoted Patreon backers giving us $10 or more who are always entitled to a monthly shout-out, and at their request, can decide what exactly we say when we shout-out on their behalf. Hailing from the mythic realm of Iceland, we've got Ice Abyss, the voluptuous <laughs> David Van Pelt, Steadfast and Noble Garrier, the tentatively tantalizing Temsu, Sean Breaking the Law Lore, Potato Chip Tycoon Kevin Wise, the sumptuous Brian Shulman, arch-nemesis of Joshua Eastfall, it's Joshua Westfall, the supercharged speedster Eric Maxiner, my personal favorite PhD, Dr. Talos, a guy you've really got to keep away from your furniture, it's chair fan, everyone's favorite breakfast cereal, Kurt Fortenberry, noble Canadian warlord Mauron, Shanti Red gonna knock you Shanti dead, savior of the seven realms, Jeffrey Voss, the ever-loving blue-eyed Mighty Matty Cox, and introducing the all-powerful new producer on the block, Mannypedia, tough as nails Red Ion, and the lethal but compassionate Angus Young Zapita. Remember, guys, if you want to customize your monthly shout-out, just shoot us a message on Patreon or email info at nerdyshow.com. And if you'd like to get a monthly shout-out, all you gotta do is back us on Patreon at $10 or higher. There's a lot more perks where that came from. In fact, there's something very special for fans of D&D that we've released slightly early, just for Patreon backers. It'll be coming out to the general public soon, we hope, but back us at any level, even a dollar, and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening. 
Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm John. Bye, I'm Jess. I'm Luke. Taking us out since we've been talking so much about Back to the Future, here's a cover of the immortal Huey Lewis and the News classic, Power of Love, by I Fight Dragons from their 2010 album, Welcome to the Breakdown.
for listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. Yay! As listener support entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other gnarly shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon, brah. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more totally tubular perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can give us like surfboard sponsorships or like craft beer sponsorships, you know, whatever. You can subscribe to all the Nerdy Show podcasts via iTunes or SoundCloud. And uh, you can leave a comment, like and share, follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks like at Twitter, Instagram, that shit, Pinterest. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, they've totally got it covered. The answer to the question I was looking for was Doomba. 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 That's cool. a Roomba with a sharp object taped to it. <laughs> so do they have, like, Roomba jousts? Yes. When I Googled it, I just now, there was two Roombas with balloons attached to the back, and they called it a Roomba deathmatch. Mm-hmm. Oh, just mm-hmm. like Mario Kart. Yeah. With the, with the balloons. The similarities are uncanny. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Did you just turn into Simon from Frisky Dingo? Right. No one. <laughs> oh my god! Someone got that reference. Thank fuck. Hey, it's been a long time, but yeah, no, I, I, I remember Simon. I remember Simon very well. <laughs> well that's our last bowl. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.